Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and the week has been dominated by falls in emerging market currencies, notably the South African Rand, uh, all triggering another bout of concern that the problems that afflicted the Argentine peso and the Turkish lira uh, this year are becoming contagious. So, how much should EM investors worry. And also, let's look at the prospects for the developed market currencies as the dollar continues uh, its seeming rampage across Forex. With me to discuss all this is Kit Jukes, macro strategist at Societe Generale. Kit, the worries around EM, are they major? Is this feeling contagious? Uh, Or is this all that lovely word idiosyncratic? Um, I think they're major feels like the, the wrong term, but they're persistent. They're not going away, and I think it's too. I think it's too simple to call them idiosyncratic. They're always idiosyncratic, but it's not really a coincidence that we've now seen of of the four significant emerging market countries with current account deficits of over three percent of GDP. Um, two have had the IMF in. Uh, and the other two are South Africa and Turkey. It feels like it feels like the market is picking them off one by one, uh, and we can keep going in this this way. And we'll say, is it uh, is it contagious? And, and realize actually, it's already it's already swallowed everything up. Yeah, and I think I think part of the problem that there there are two things driving behind this at a more general level. One is is that the dollar is is strong um, and strengthening partly by default, yeah. partly because uh, the, the euro is weaker. Uh, political problems, concerns about the Italian budget uh, and concerns about growth, partly because of global trade. So we're worried about the impact on of, of weaker global trade on a bunch of places, but Europe right at the top of the list. And, and we're still worried about the, the risk of, of further conflict on that front between Europe and the United States. Um, and the Fed's still raising interest rates. The US economy's still still doing well. All of that sort of takes back monetary accommodation that was the lifeblood of emerging markets in, 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 the, in, the, in the rally. And um, it's not going to stop being taken away, certainly not this year. So we've just got more of it. Um, you say uh, dollar rising by default. I suppose that, that begs the question, which is what is what might stop it? Where elsewhere might we see some kind of... Um, uh, a, a, a respite, if, if you like, which which enables other currencies, pr- principally the euro, move. And we've obviously got the European Central Bank meeting next week. We're not going to get it then, are we? No. I mean, the, the two candidates, if you take the big three economies in the world, the Chinese have at least stopped weakening their currency. Yeah. They, they called a line in the sand there. Whether that's you know a temporary move or a long term move, time will tell. Um, but that hasn't that hasn't really sort of cleared the air significantly. And as you say, look, you know. In, in Europe, what markets need, what a, a euro bull needs, but what an emerging market bull may need as well is to see the European data improve to the point where perhaps German 10-year bond yields languishing 
at around 40 basis points now um, can move back to the 70, 80 basis point area that they were threatening to be at it back in February before the euro fell. Right. I mean, this presages the, 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 the whole market sentiment about the world in general. I'm sorry to be big picture about this, but but heck, why not? I mean, are things bad out there? Is is the global economy in trouble? Is trade coming off? Uh, I mean, this is questions that every emerging market central banker policymaker is asking all the time. It doesn't necessarily, the, da- the data doesn't really point that way, does it? No, obviously the South African data um, showing showing a slip into a fall in GDP on, on a quarter um, definitely reinforced this idea that what we're doing to global trade is bad for trade-sensitive countries. But we're talking about global growth slowing a few tenths of, of a percent. It's, it's not dramatic from, you know, three point something above five to three point something below five. It's not. But but if it's the turning point enough, I've got the turning point in the economic cycle and the turning point in, in global monetary accommodation as that as that comes back. Then I just ask myself, how much excess was there in this long period of, of very accommodative monetary policy um, and, and and how bumpy is it taking it away? And then I come back all the time to this question of, you know, what gives me respite from this? If, if all I've got is slightly softer growth globally, more concerns about trade, difficult politics and the Fed ever so slowly trundling interest rates higher. Yes. Uh, and so th- that points, at least from here to the end of the year, to a continuation of somewhere between strong... Uh, a strong dollar and a and a like a tepid dollar, but 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 not a negative dollar. Yeah, it's very hard, for example, to to see how the euro could do more than bounce a little bit. Certainly not get back to the levels it was at in in February. Probably not get back to the levels it was at at the start of the year. Frankly, um, you know, we, we we might have seen the worst, but I need some good news that I can't see, and that's very difficult. By the same token, you know, maybe I can see things calm down and money go looking in search of yield more widely. But I have to get myself confident for currencies like the Australian dollar that the global trade cycle has got a chance to improve. Um, I'm really struggling to see where I get that good news from. Yes. And and perhaps uh, investors, you know, are looking at the calendar and saying that actually the real turning point is that midterm election in November, that that is perhaps giving them pause. Um, I mean, it, it, where, where do you see the, the big calendar points from here to the end of the year? There's uh, a Fed meeting or two that I suppose is, is amongst yeah. them. The, 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 this time of year, we often come back and find out what the state of the world's biggest economy is once people go back to school and mm. keep go back to work after the holidays. It's often a turning point in sentiment. Hard to believe the US economy is about to start slowing down. Although um, I do think there's a slowdown coming around the corner. As the fiscal sugar rush starts to, to fade, we'll get weaker growth. And I do think at some point, but possibly not until early next year, you know, I think when we get to next year, we'll start looking forward and say, all right, the best of the economic cycle is past us. The Fed is not going to get higher in rates than we price uh, and if they're not going to get higher then surely eventually as, as growth slows they'll be they'll be easing policy uh, and how do things play out at that point i think you can imagine a, a weakening dollar through 2019 but um, I've, I've got to have the markets thinking yes. about fed policy in 2020 yes i, I see that i mean i, mean, I, I suppose if 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 we have to wait until next year, is that going to be a bit too late for emerging markets? Um, I mean, is there a um, what we saw this week was the was the spread of the emerging market worry into equities, 
um, is is are we going to start seeing um, an unnecessary sell off in in EM waiting for that uh, twenty nineteen change? It, it, it's a risk. I mean, the risk is that if 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 no, even if you think there's no justification for a big boil, unless you can find a needle to lance it, if it's going to have to if it's going to have to blow itself out, it, it's going to be it's going to be fairly unpleasant. And that's not a good analogy, but the um, it, it will pass. But the uh, uh, but I think that's the, the danger is is that markets can overshoot again because it's a mild turn in the global growth cycle. It's a mild turn in in the global monetary policy cycle, and and the yields on quite a lot of emerging market assets and the valuations of of equities, as far as I understand them, um, do look pretty attractive here. If you know if the world doesn't hit a brick wall, but but I can't find a catalyst. I mean, the best catalyst of all would be an acceleration in European growth that stopped yes, the dollar. Yes. Um, against this low inflation backdrop. But I just, I'm, I'm struggling to see that coming down around the corner. I mean, the catalyst for a further negative uh, sell-off in EM could be the election in Brazil, uh, which is, I mean, Brazil, here we have um, you know, a, a big economy, big EM economy, a big liquid market. That 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 could be uh, a, a, a difficult moment for EM if... if if the market turns negative on the outcome there, and let's face it, it's difficult to see, you know, a, a, a candidate or an outcome that that looks one that, that's going to get market approval. Um, I couldn't agree more. I was in I was in Brazil um, at the beginning of the summer, and no one had a clue then what the outcome of the elections would be. They weren't optimistic about their football team either, yes. rightly, <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And um, and you look now, and you you know you you. You, you more or less that they've now decided to start publishing opinion polls, not including people who won't be allowed to run. Yes. Finally, um, we we just don't know what's going to happen, and, yes. and that's that's obviously. Do, do you agree though that that Brazil is, if, if you like, the big elephant in the room for EM, and that could be a a bad moment in in uh, in the next few weeks. In, in a sort of moment of dominoes coming over, yes. Brazil is a bigger domino than South Africa by a significant margin. Russia is the other big domino. China is the biggest domino of all now. China for, for the big domino, and and. and and Asian FX, which has been coming off quite a lot uh, this week, is, is but the, those economies are pretty solid, aren't they? I mean, are we, are we, again, is this a bit of an oversell yeah, going there, on? There's been a lot of money allocated, I think, towards Asia out of concerns about Latin America and and, and, um, and Turkey. So they've been beneficiaries, and and the high the high beta ones of those, so in particular Indonesia and India. Um, have been weakening. They're taking measures to, to to cover it off. You wouldn't want it to become self-fulfilling, where currencies in Asia weaken so much that the Chinese felt that they should let their currency weaken again to a- avoid a trade-weighted appreciation. Yeah. That, that, that you know, you can you can invent scenarios in your head that are pretty negative, but um, th- th- there isn't. I mean, Chinese the Asian economies overall are in reasonably good shape, and I think. I think the politics is the wild card more than economics at this the point. Politics where the politics in politics in Brazil, the yes. politics in Russia with sanctions, for example. Yes. Um, I think and politics in Washington, for goodness' sake. Just to conclude, Kit, then the the big picture for EM is if you're an investor, um, you've been worrying about it all year. You're probably holding on. Are you? Are you just? Is now the time you're really being tested? Yes, because the you know the tide is going out and it's going to go on going out, and you're feeling uncomfortable about that. It's 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 got worse faster than you thought it would have done, yes. but but you but the it's very hard to see a catalyst for a turnaround. So, um, 
you know, if you weren't invested, the temptation would be to say, well, let's let's see if if we get a you know if if we get some sort of cathartic sell off that's big enough to let me come in. But otherwise, it, it's more Chinese water torture of um, seeing seeing weak performance from all sorts of places in a small way. My thanks to Kit Jukes of SockGen. Next week, we have that uh, European Central Bank meeting. We also have the Bank of England, and no doubt we'll be hearing about more developments on the Brexit front. Uh, so join us again next week for Hard Currency. Until then, it's goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.